Well, good morning. Our call to worship is page 94, number 94. He is here. Let's all stand up. says greetings. In the old days churches would send their greetings from one church to another. Philadelphia, Peoria, Kansas City would send their greetings if they were visiting a given church. Anyway, welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church. Um, Birthdays, if I have it right, Courtney Wilson, and Donna Evans. And if there's any others, let me know. Let's stand and we'll sing happy birthday. Uh, I thought that, I thought so. <laughs> For you. Just for you. Let's sing happy birthday. Next hymn is 314, 314. I will hail the power of Jesus' name. there's any announcements if anybody has let me know or any prayer requests or any praises Renee? Uh, I'd like to ask for prayers for Sharon 
and I have a couple of praises today. Um, one, praising God for wonderful revival and the youth that came out for that. Um, and I'd like to praise God that my husband is sitting here beside me because this past Friday, a year ago, was when he had his stroke. So I'm just happy to have him sit beside me. And she's not here today, but uh, Lindsay Barber. She has been praying for a long time um, to receive a position within the Bull County School System. And she called me on Friday and they have now offered her a position. So she's super excited to have her family all together. Thank you. Any others? John? Any others? Jason? Who is that? I don't know her name. Oh, okay. Okay, any others? My daughter Nicole uh, celebrated a birthday yesterday. She's in Eugene, Oregon. And I know God did the little things. And then she lost her wallet on her birthday. So, mm. with her credit card and everything. So, I know the Lord, He knows where it's at. <laughs> so, I'm praying that she comes. Okay. Thank you. Any others? Okay. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, you know our concerns. We love you. We're here today to worship and to bring our loved ones before you and to especially raise up those that are in need, that need your touch, as it were, we, we pray for Jerry and James on mission. And we, we pray for um, Sharon Stone and the revival that it will take hold. That revival will take hold many places in this country. We need it, Lord. We're so thankful for David and Lindsay Barber. Um, things that we take for granted, the little things, as Kathleen mentioned, that are everyday things. But Nicole, we pray for her. We pray for uh, Lois's adjustment and move. I'm thankful that Karen is here today. And Jason, in his relationship, we pray for that. We pray that you will work in between all these things and bring um, your glory and honor even to the nameless, which will be on our agenda today. When we hear about the nameless, they are ever so close to you, ever so part of your business. And so we thank you for that. We ask you now um, to give us um, your blessing your ability to open up the words and to sing the praises and just to get in touch with you. Thank you so much. We ask all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Our offertory hymn is 573. 573. Heaven came down. I'll stand.
me. Father God, we just, um, we need you. We know that you're in our midst. We can feel that the world has gone completely into chaos at times, but we know, Lord, you've got it under your control. We thank you so much for being here today. So we ask you to open up these words, these words that you spoke and um, impress it to our hearts. We ask all this through Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen. The Bible is a story. The whole Bible is God's story. Thank you. I've chosen today, if you want to get uh, the scripture ready, um, John, uh, actually, um, John 9, verses 1 through 11, or actually 12 through 12 today. 
But before that, I want to say that John is also one who tells a story. John is a strong but deliberate, ironic, and very thoughtful storyteller. And we will read John 9, only part way, so much there. So we can't tell it all, but John has said one thing in this story, and it's his purpose. This is a sixth sign that Jesus is who he said he was. And so when we look at this and we read it, um, let's think about those little words that may not attach a lot of meaning that are all the meaning in the world. We mentioned nameless person. This is about a nameless person. And so in the story that John relates, it supports both his purpose and Jesus states his purpose right in the story. This is embedded in a sign of who Jesus is. So that's our question today. Who is he? Who is he to you? Who is he to others? Who is he really? Really, who is he? And so, this sixth sign, I'm only going to read the first part of it. In chapter 9, it goes like this. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day and the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam which is, by interpretation, sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, he is like him, but he said, the man said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, how were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to this pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Pretty matter of fact answer to what happened. Hold on to that one last part. A man that is called Jesus, and in some interpretations that they call Jesus. He's not there yet. But in this story is the Feast of Tabernacles. The background to this whole story is 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 embedded in the most popular feast of their day. This was the popular feast that the farmers had laid aside all their work and come to Jerusalem because they didn't have the work in front of them. They could then worship. They could attend the feast. They could see what was going on. Did Jesus come? We have to go back to chapter 7 to see that Jesus came in the middle of the feast. And they were already plotting to harm him or to do something to him. If you read the verse right before this, the, and I have to look, it says, 
And they took up stones to cast at him. So it was the Jews, if we go back a little further, probably the Jewish leadership. They stooped down to pick up stones. So Jesus was careful here. But let me tell you what was happening at the feast. The feast was a just a, a, a very celebratory um, uh, ceremony. They did it every year. They went down to the Pool of Siloam and the high priest would take a golden pitcher and fill it with water in a procession, in a, in a singing of the Hallel, Psalm 113 to 118, all the way down to the Pool of Siloam and get, getting the living waters that flowed through the Pool of Siloam, they would walk it back and pour it on the altar. When they poured it on the altar, this was a reason to celebrate their delivery from the Exodus, the, the water that they got from God. This was looking forward to the Messiah. That's what this celebration was all about. They were wanting to celebrate that the Messiah would come. They were anticipating that the Messiah would come. But their focus here was on themselves. They were expecting that it would rain and give them crops for the next year. They were expecting something for themselves. They weren't expecting God to be there. And so they missed it, didn't they? Well, what's interesting, though, is that Jesus came in the middle of this celebration and said, and I probably should read this. John, I uh, have to go back to 7, if you will, with me. 7, I think it's 38 and 39. And... He said, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This is on the last day. This is when they did it. This is when the progression was going on. But... This spake he of the Spirit. You can see water flowing over an altar, but can you see the Spirit? Which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. John is putting in a little explanation for us. And the other one, which is similar is 8.12. 8.12 was when they had the great lighting of the candelabras in the women's court. Probably that night. And um, 8.12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have everlasting light. What's interesting here is light and water come together in this man's healing. Light he had never seen. He, he didn't know what seeing was like. In fact, if you ask someone who's never seen before, and I've had to look this up, um, and ask them what they missed, they have no idea what something looks like, so they can't tell you. But this man answered, I would like to catch a ball. Think about that for a minute. He'd like to catch a ball. He's heard about it. He's probably listened to baseball. He wanted to catch a ball. That's tactile. He's thinking about what he could feel, what he knew what a baseball felt like, not what it looked like. And this man, all the way through this story, never says what he sees. But what does he see? Does he see or does he see? Is, is the question for the man. Three people are involved in this whole story. Maybe more. Jesus, what he is saying, what he is trying to portray in his purpose. John, 
I'm going to read John's purpose, John 20, 30 to 31. John says at the end of his book, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, and I'll say this sign is written, that ye may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing ye might have life through his name. We sang the song earlier in his name. In his name. In a name. And at the end of this story, they called him Jesus. So what happened here? What happened? Um, don't try this at home. Don't spit on the ground and put a clay anointment on some blind guy's eyes. Don't do that. No, Jesus didn't do that either. Jesus said to a question that was asked to him, is this man in sin? Did his parents sin that he turned out to be blind? Sin and suffering were linked in the old in the old times. They were tied together. If someone was uh, affected, had a palsy, was in trouble, was maimed, couldn't see, couldn't hear, it must have been sin. And very clearly Jesus said, no, it wasn't either this man's sin or his parents. It wasn't sin. What is that? That is hope. That is the hope. This guy has probably been asking this question all his life. What happened? What? Why am I blind? He knows nothing about seeing, but he knows he's blind because all his friends are telling him what, these, what they've seen. But he's gotten hope here. It's not your fault. Jesus has invested in him to say nothing of the touch on the very, the very thing that was his, his problem. Touched his eyes, which weren't there probably. These were probably new eyes. He probably, being the creator of the earth, as we walk through the second of these, this man had some faith. There's several things that were born out of this journey. And Jesus did not say that you're going to see. And he didn't say that the works of God should be made manifest immediately. But in his life, in him, in him, during his life, he's saying these works we must do. The application here is for us to do these things. What can we do? Certainly we can be compassionate. That's what Jesus did. Can we touch someone that we're afraid to touch? Can we reach out and say, what happened? Tell your story. This whole Bible is a story. And that's really what Jesus is doing is telling this guy's story. It's, it's nameless. The healing of a man born blind. Not a man that's blind. That could see. Not one who lost his sight after knowing what it was all about. One born blind. Healing of the man born blind proved that Jesus was the Messiah. And how did that, how could that happen? happen? Scripture. Scripture tells us. But before that, let's look at the encounter. With this hope, he's told to go where? Pool of Siloam. I looked it up. Pool of Siloam is about seven, well, 690 yards. About 700 yards. Seven football fields away. Down some stairs, steps, round corners in a busy Jerusalem. And he did it. Blind, he did it. He went down blind. What Would you give up if that was you? Or would you go the distance? Would you go stumbling along? Would, didn't say he asked for help. Maybe he got some help. But he didn't give up. He did not give up. He was given a command. Obedience. And without the promise of seeing. Exactly. He may have thought it. 
But he didn't get the promise, did he? He wasn't told, life's going to be easy. You, You follow Jesus, it's going to be straightforward. He didn't say that at all. He said, go. That's the imperative. Go. And he said, they call him Jesus. I haven't got there yet, but they call him Jesus. I don't yet. But, but there's something to this. Jesus implanted not only the healing, but the sight. And so when we see what sight we're talking about, it would be amazing. What did he see? That's probably the biggest question for him. There's three people. Jesus, us, the disciple, or this man who was a, going to become a disciple. And John, who's writing this down. John, as one of the disciples, had witnessed this. And he's writing this single proof to who? To the world here. To pretty much Gentiles and Jews alike. And so, as he was given his hope, he was emboldened to go and and tell about it, to go tell his story. And when he went, he was proving along the way light and water that Jesus said. He's proven light and not just water, but living water would flow from this man. And so he goes along, and before this we can look at Psalm 146.8, the Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Isaiah 29, 19, 18 and 19. In that day the deaf will hear in the words of the scroll and out of the gloom and the darkness the eyes of the blind will see. Once more the humble will rejoice in the Lord and the needy will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, have called you in righteousness. This is Isaiah 42, 6 and 7. I will take hold of your hand and will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. This goes beyond Israel. To open eyes that are blind, to free the captives from the prisons and release from the dungeons those who sit in darkness. This man was sitting in a dungeon of his, not of his making. He was sitting in the dark. He never knew who Jesus was. But he was sitting in dark. He never knew what light was. So, in this process, probably the best of scriptures wasn't the Old Testament even. But the Old Testament here has been screaming to the Israelites, the Jews, that Jesus, the Messiah, was coming. And they didn't see it. And they didn't probably want to see it. They wanted rain to come down on their crops. They just wanted to make some money and live, a, live their life, come more comfortably. And sometimes we do the same. But in that process where the Jews reached down and picked up stones, in the next moment, Jesus reached down and made eyeballs and put them in a guy's head. Probably, we can't prove that, but he restored this man's sight. And he never says anything about it. I can see a tree. Oh, it's beautiful out. Look out today. He, he wasn't talking about that. He was saying, yeah, I got my sight. And here's how it happened. And this guy did it. He must be a prophet. Suddenly he's become a prophet along the way. But remember that Application is not one of my strong points. Application is everything in this story, too. What do we do for someone who can't? Doesn't matter what they can't, but they can't. 
But if we see him along the way, Jesus reached down to help this guy who was probably there as a beggar for years. He didn't say anything. He just let him do it because he gave him hope. Do we give someone hope before we enter and tell them what they need to do in life? (laughs) Compassion, hope. Some of the application of our Christian walk should be sometimes be still and know that God is God and that God is good. Just let them know what God means to you. You know, there's a little story. I used to be in the rental business and a lot of guys say, go and tell them they owe you money. Go tell them you this, you that, you this. And I never did. I learned early. Always attack yourself. Oh, me. 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 Tell your story in Christianity. Well, I don't know, but me too. I'm a sinner. I failed. I this and I that. And let them feel that in their hearts. I I have been saved. Tell them then your story. Not their story. Tell them your story. Because your story is what matters because they don't, they don't have a story. And they want to know, are you authentic? It's sometimes you've got to do a whole lot of compassion and giving them hope to even listen to your story. It takes a little bit. But the works of God was what Jesus' goal and purpose was here. The works of God that could be displayed in this man. What were they? What were the works of the of this man uh, that that was walking along nameless? What was he displaying? I kind of like some of this. It's kind of hard to pull out. I had to do a little digging for it. But yes, he he had to believe somewhat right from the beginning that sight might have been involved but never had it been promised. And there was no comparison for it. So, sight? I've never had sight. What? I, I don't know what I'm looking forward to. I have no idea. But certainly faith here. Faith was one of the most instant from the hope. He had faith. It's not my fault. He had faith. Given by Jesus, both For this lifelong question he probably had in an answer. And what might happen at the pool of Siloam? That has seven football fields away to go. But what? So his faith took him the distance. Jesus never said, again, you're going to see. It was when he washed and the water and the light came together that he saw when the water and the light came together at the same time. That's when he saw. So he became bold and he went to his friends. I know I'm going off the scripture here a little bit, but I want to paraphrase through the center part, of it, which is a sermon in itself, really. He was bold. He said, yes, it's me. In the first part of this, but he also went to the high-ranking people of the day, and he went to his family, all of which rejected him. He wasn't truly real to them. No. For the words we use today, threw him under the bus and went on, especially the leaders of the day. But this boldness grew in his life as Jesus said in your life it grew and became more and more bold he became a prophet and then this man must be from God in the latter part of the chapter look it up there's 11 no's I know we know I know this to be true there's 11 no's in John chapter 9 Most of them are in the end of this. When they were saying, Ah, we don't know where this man comes from. That's one of the no's. 
But he answers. We know that a man could not be healed unless he it could not heal the eyes of a man born blind unless he was from God. And in this whole thing, Messiah has come. He's fulfilled Scripture. He's given us the answers here that we've been looking for. You just did the ceremony of the Feast of Tabernacles commemorating that a Messiah is to come. And, and yet, what have you done? Nothing. You haven't believed. So it's not about seeing, is it? It's not about seeing. It's about seeing. It's about seeing with the spiritual eye. The one Matthew, in Matthew, that Jesus says, the single eye, the one eye, that's looking at the one true thing, the truth, and not the two eyes that duplicitly look at two different things in life at the same time. No, one eye is a single eye, as Jesus says. This man began to see who Jesus really was. And he comes down to the end of it. He's being transformed to right belief. You can believe in something. Yeah, the man told me to go and wash my eyes. But that ain't the story now. He's defending what happened to him, his reality, he knew what happened, and he's defending Jesus at the same time. No, no, this man is from God. And so that is the wonderful part of this. Do we do that? Do we defend? Do we say, I know, I know, I have the sight. So nose, the nose in the last part of this are the similarities to sight. I know, I know, and I know. And uh, it's a metaphoric kind of thinking here for a little bit, but John is good, good at that. And it's ironic. It's not about seeing, it's about seeing. He's turning this around on the Pharisees. The Pharisees think they can see. What are, what are we blind to? Who's blind? At the end of this story, who is blind? They're saying, are we blind too? Who's blind? I don't see any blind, but the guy is seeing with his eyes. No one's blind. And he's saying, they are saying, the Pharisees. And we're blind too? Jesus is saying you're blind spiritually. They didn't get it. They didn't see that they were blind spiritually. They couldn't embrace the truth. They were looking for alternatives. Notice that when you're deceived or you're, you're not thinking right or you haven't thought at all. By the way, knowing is thinking, thinking, thinking. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And this man had the boldness of strength. He had the know. He knew he wasn't taking any prisoners. He knew what he knew. And he was growing. He was a baby Christian. Yet he grew. Kind of in a single day when you think about it. So... Again, the Pharisees stooped down and picked up stones. Jesus stooped down and healed a man born blind. You know, the weakness of God is powerfully strong. The strength of man is stupid when you think about it. In comparison, there's no strength can overcome what God has for us. So in, in all humility, for a moment, I hesitate to ask this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, close your eyes and pretend you're the blind man. And let me ask some questions here. Close your eyes. Look at Jesus. What does Jesus look like? What's the color and texture of his hair? color of his eyes what is Jesus wearing where is he located are his hands soft or rough like the carpenter that we know him to be what's the shape of his face is he short or tall now these are all physical things let's turn now with the same 
Same eyes closed. What does Jesus want, spiritually speaking? Is he saying go? Is he saying come? Does he give you hope? Does he answer your question that you might have? Does he want anything for you to do? Does he give you faith and boldness like this man born blind? What is he saying to you today? Do you see his authority? Do you know him? Let's pray. Father God, we just ask you to go with us in this next week. Walk along beside us. Hold us up. And have us read your word daily so that we might understand it more deeply and that we may understand it with our heart, not just our mind. We love the things you do for us, but we love the answers to prayer that you've given over the many weeks. We've gotten to know you like this man has gotten to know you, and we want to know you more. Fill our lives with you, because we know that God is good. Keep us safe. Bring us back to this place again. We love you and praise your name. A name above all names. Through Christ I pray. Amen. Hymn number 605. 605. In the sweet by and by. Thank you for being here today and we just uh, we just cherish your prayers and your um, the huge impact that the believers the congregation makes on each other's lives if there's anybody that needs prayer anybody that has needs anybody who wants to know I mean, really know Jesus more deeply. Like this blind man, it's just a starting point sometimes. It takes time. Please come up here and a deacon will be able to meet you and pray with you or try to answer your questions. Patrick, do you want to close us?